Hello, and welcome to Everybody's National Parks. This is your host, Danielle. This is episode number 9.1, the first episode in our series on Crater Lake National Park. In this episode, Brian talks with his brother, Dan, about their trip to Crater Lake in September 2018. Brian and Dan talk about appreciating the clear, crystal blue lake from many different vantage points, including swimming in the very cold lake. Before we get to the conversation, we would like to ask for your help to grow our audience by telling your friends, subscribing, and leaving a review. Also, we love creating each episode, but it takes significant time and effort. Please consider supporting our work through Patreon, which provides a way for listeners to support the show. Just go to our website, everybodysnationalparks.com, and click on Support the Show. Thank you for listening. Now for this week's discussion on Crater Lake National Park. I'm here with, by special demand, a return engagement by my brother Dan and our trip at Crater Lake National Park. Hey, Dan, thanks for uh, joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. No, this is exciting. So uh, we just returned from our trip at Crater Lake National Park, and uh, this is our trip report. So once again, before we get into the trip, as again, we had another special guest star. Please describe our camp vehicle again. Oh, well, same as last year. We took my old 84 Chevy truck. A little road trip again. So it was a lot of fun. What was uh, but what was new about the truck? That's the, I put a new motor in it this summer. So a little better motivation than last year. I had the worn out motor last year. So it's a lot louder and uh, burlier. But of course, we, uh, we were at a higher elevation. So we, uh, we were stretching that truck a little bit, that new engine a little bit. Yeah, carburetors don't like high altitudes and... What was crater like seven thousand feet? So yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was all in the name of testing, you know. Yeah, we made I it. Like though. taking untested vehicles on long road trips, it's always a good time. <laughs> we made it though. We we made it back. That's right. So let's get into the trip report. We arrived on a Saturday. We had a reservation at Mazama Campground, which is the main campground at Crater Lake National Park. We uh, we had had a reservation. Um, and Dan, if you remember this, right away we stepped right into it. We checked in, pitched our tents, got things ready. It was a uh, you know about seven o'clock at night. We thought, wouldn't it be nice to head to the eight p.m. Ranger program, which was right at the end of our loop, uh, where the amphitheater was. And uh, <laughs> well, and I will defend us here in a minute. But what happened when we rolled into that Ranger program? Well, apparently it started at seven thirty. We were <laughs> misled by. Um, the person at the store or whatever that was, or actually, no, when we checked into the campground, it was that person. And so we walked in there all talking all loud and we kind of got some slight looks, <laughs> sideways looks from the people. Well, I had no idea. So. Well, well the, yeah. So we showed up at, right at the stroke of eight o'clock on time, what we thought was on time. And, uh, we showed up a half an hour in. And I think the rich irony was if, do you remember the, the topic of the discussion? Hmm, what were they going over? Oh, it was the animals in the, in the park. It was sounds of the national park and how, you know, silence sometimes is the best sound. And then you and I roll in thinking we were there before talking <laughs> loudly. So we got a lot of the stink. Eye. I mean, within, you know, we had just pitched our tents. We had just been there for an hour and I thought we would get thrown out <laughs> within an hour. But again, in defense of us, we were told 8 p.m. So uh dude who checked us into the campground, you... uh you failed us, but we we uh, we adjusted and we shut our mouths, and it, it was a good program. Yeah, we I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a nice amphitheater they had there. So next day was Sunday. We were up early. We had breakfast. We went to the ranger station, got our backcountry permit, which we'll talk about in a second. But then we started sorting out what the few days would look like. We headed up to the lodge 
we made reservations for Wizard Island and the boat tour, which we're going to talk about in depth. That was certainly a highlight, which we ended up doing uh, that afternoon. And then, of course, this was the first, I guess the second fail of the trip where uh, on our way there, I was slightly jet lagged. So I got a cappuccino. And do you want, you want to take it from there? Oh, yeah. Well, Old Truck doesn't have any cup holders. Or <laughs> so you put it on the dashboard and it proceeded to slide right off the dashboard and right where hot cappuccino all over your crotch. <laughs> it was. Uh... <laughs> it actually, was. I thought you were. I thought you really got hurt the way you were screaming. I really thought I got hurt. <laughs> that is a sensitive, sensitive area. So that. Uh, I, uh, good news is I had you know my hiking pants on and so so that that uh, deflected a little bit of it. So good on those hiking pants that I've had for a long time. But yeah, that was an uncomfortable start to the day. But we uh, we managed to do all right. So we got some sandwiches at the camp store lodge, which again we just as a pro tip we should have just slapped some PB and J together ourselves because we ended up spending thirty bucks. On, I think I got a PB&J, and I can't remember what you got, but um, certainly that was fail on our part where we should have just put some sandwiches together. But then we were off to Cleetwood Cove. And so do you remember uh, anything about Cleetwood Cove? Yeah, they're working on the road up there. They've got the parking lot all dialed in, all brand new, and it's pretty much a straight hike downhill. It was about a mile downhill. Right. And so we went, you're right, we went a mile switchbacks downhill, but to the edge of the lake. So this is the only official a hike that takes you to the edge of the lake. And, you know, one thing we, you and I wanted to talk about is, you know, that morning we're going over all the rules and regulations. Obviously we had already showed up late to the ranger talk the night before we got our backcountry permit, made sure we had that all squared away and had all those rules. So you get the sense of the national park is something that's tightly controlled, but yet we got to the greater lake and uh, there was a concessionaire down there for the boat tour. And I asked him, Where's the designated swimming area? And he said, wherever you want. And so, you know, talk about what we did before the boat tour. We had a good hour, <laughs> hour and a half. What did we do? Yeah, basically they're like, if you're crazy enough to go swimming, well, have at it. And that's exactly what we did. We ju- both jumped in the water and, man, it was pretty cold at first. I think it was, what, 56, 58 degrees? Yeah, 58. And actually a lot of people joined us. They were jumping off the rocks right down there and so, stuff. Boy, that water was nice, and the color of that water was, is just amazing. It's so hard to describe that color blue. Yeah, just as clear and as pure as you think. And, um, you know, you could see down for hundreds of yards just where you were, and being able to swim in it, 58 degrees is right. It was bracing, but I wouldn't have traded it. It was nice to get that perspective of the lake and of Wizard Island from the lake itself, where most people just see it from the rim um, this was the only hike down into it, and so I—that was a true highlight. So, and I'm—you had the great idea of getting there early. So we had a good hour and a half or two hours of just horsing around and swimming. And of course, I had cappuccino all over me, so I needed to jump in the mm-hmm. water. And uh, that was a great way to to kick off the day and uh, and get ready for the boat ride. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, that's. That was a super highlight for me to actually be able to swim in the lake, which I felt like, again, I thought was off limits, but we didn't know until we got there. Yeah. So, again, it's uh, the contrast of sometimes in the national parks uh, as opposed to a wilderness – you and I talked about this – a national forest or a wilderness area or just somebody's patch of woods where it's kind of anything goes. You know, obviously the parks have infrastructures and rules. 
But then every now and again, you're in the park and you realize where you think there's going to be some rules of the road. Instead, we got down there and it was, hey, wherever you want to jump in, uh, go jump in. Spend as much time as you want in there. Just swim at your own risk. So it was uh, refreshing in more ways than one to have that freedom. It's almost like when we went into the park and, you know, we expected to pay at a, a pay station. And we just breezed right in, you know. We didn't have to pay. And then we were at the, uh, I think it was the gift store, and he asked the lady. And she's like, oh, you didn't pay? Well, you can pay if you want. Give us a donation. Whatever, you know. It was just so non, like laid back and nonchalant. Yeah, well, we got there late at night. So uh, we before the uh, ranger station was open and, and we came on in. But, yeah, for the record, we tried to pay. But it was, uh, we were told, eh, don't worry about it. You're here. And, again, we... We certainly dropped uh, – the parks made money on us, so we certainly dropped a, a few bucks there. So, uh, But on to the boat ride. So we did the 12.45 p.m. boat ride, and they're seasonal, right? So this is open only um, basically summer extended. So we were there in early September, kind of the last week uh, that these boats were running. I think they ran for one more week. You know, at first, when we bought these tickets at the lodge, and so you have to go to the main lodge to buy the tickets, they were pretty expensive, I think. My notes here is we spent total for the two of us 165 bucks, so a little over 80 bucks each. And I kind of blanched at that, and I thought, you know, that's it's pretty steep for a boat ride. But by the end of the day, I think you and I both looked at us, looked at each other, and said that was 100 percent worth it. And in fact, you can take some shorter boat rides, but doing what we did, which is the full tour and a few hours on Wizard Island, is the way to go. Do, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they could probably charge whatever they wanted for that boat ride because it's so nice. And the, the boats, I mean, you seem so small when you're on that lake. It's really hard to, from the rim, looking down the grasp, how big that lake really is. So you're down there floating on this little boat, and you're like, wow, you know. And, I mean, again, it, and we were out for, what, six, seven hours? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it that way, it's really not that much. Seven. Yeah, seven hours. Yeah. And and look, you're right. This is the only way you can be on the – other than swimming, the only conveyance on the water is this boat concessionaire. And the other nice thing, for that seven hours, you have a park ranger basically at your disposal. So we had uh, Ranger Tim right. Elam who was with us for the entire seven hours. And so just having that access for the tour of the lake was amazing. And you're right. You know, I, me- I failed to mention this. So – Obviously, this has been on my list of one of the top parks I wanted to go to. So I've seen plenty of pictures. But the size of the crater itself, until we got there and saw it, it it was much more, the scale was much bigger than I had anticipated. And so it took me a while to get over that. And you're right, being on that water is, you you feel the immensity of it and the immensity of that violent explosion that happened. But we'll talk about that later. So we're on the boat, and uh, we got uh, we got a bit of a tour first. Some of the rocks we went over was the old man, the Lao rock, which was like um, the toothpaste tube pushing up magma that had cooled over time. So we, we saw the Lao rock, the boulder of doom, which if you remember, Dan, that was that boulder that was – it's like a, a Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner thing where it is – That's right. It's like suspended, and I think – a. A hard sneeze that thing's coming down but it was uh, we saw where that was and then we uh heard a story do you want to talk the story about the volkswagen passat yeah it was the same area there as that the boulder of doom apparently ranger tim had a good story for us he had a lot of stories on the boat which was really entertaining he was great and uh yeah he was great and this one was apparently these people parked on the rim in their volkswagen passat 
to check it out, you know, which is what you do when you go there. And they neglected to put their car in park and set the emergency brakes. So they were away from their car and their poor puppy was in there. I guess it was a husky or something. Yeah. But anyway, it rolled right off the edge and barrel rolled all the way down the hill, which was a good, you know, what is that, 4,000 foot down the gravel embankment there. And luckily the dog jumped out somehow. Would be it mere luck or it knew what it was doing, but it broke its leg, I guess, but it ran all the way back to the top and the car was down in the drink. It was a happy ending. I was worried about that story, but there was a happy ending there. So I enjoyed that story. And uh, at that point, we get to Wizard Island, which of course is the conical volcanic island in, not the middle of the lake. It is one of two islands in the lake. We'll talk about the other island. This one you can disembark and you can hike around. So, Dan, uh, tell us a little bit about that trip and that time on the uh, Wizard Island. They drop you right off. They have a nice dock there on Wizard Island. And they're like, okay, well, see you later. Come back in three hours. Basically, they, they cut you loose, which I think is pretty cool. And uh, there's a trail all the way to the top of the cinder cone. You can go up there, and, man, the views are spectacular. And it's not too bad of a hike. They labeled it difficult, if I remember right, but... Really, for us, is it, we busted it right out and took a nice break on the rim up there. And man, this is incredible. It's all cinder, which is like popcorn lava, I guess. That's the way the ranger described it, which I thought was pretty cool. Hike down in the middle of the bowl there. And I mean, you're basically on a mini volcano, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and again, the perspective of being able to see the lake from the island and Going back to my kind of digging a, a double take on the boat cost, just that, having that perspective of seeing the Crater Lake, it was worth the price of admission itself. And the island was pretty fun to be on. If you remember, so you, you're right, the cinder, you have the cinder, you have the trees, and then you had this fluorescent green lichen on the trees. So the color contrast with the deep, deep blue water, ah, it was it was an artist's palette. It was, uh, it was a pretty amazing spot to to be in. Mm-hmm. Little fun fact, uh, we saw our guy doing this, is that there are no fishing regulations. And that is, you don't need a fishing permit. They do have some fish that were introduced there that they shouldn't have been. It's not a problem, but you can pull out as many fish as you like. So we saw a guy down there fishing uh, off of uh, Wizard Island, and he did, what was it, a cutthroat trout, I think, that he was able to um, to bring on in? I believe either that or a rainbow trout. But yeah, no limit. Bag as much as you can. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I thought about that, you know, with a little bit of prep, man, that could have been dinner one night for us, but, uh, that was pretty cool. And, uh, to have that in. So we were on wizard Island. We got to hike around a bit, a nice respite. We came back down. We both jumped in one more time into the lake. And again, in terms of drinking water, you fill your Nalgene canteen up from the lake. There's no filtration you need. It is as pure of water as you're going to get. So I just literally leaned over the dock and filled up the Nalgene, and that was our drinking water, and that was our cooking water for the night. So uh, we got that, um, but we were still only, we still had hours to go on the boat trip. So we uh, started traversing, after we left, traversing the lake, and then we eventually came up to Phantom Ship. So you want to talk a little bit about Phantom Ship? The boat continued to go around the edge of the lake. We checked out some waterfalls and stuff, which were nice. And then off in the distance, they're like, "Can the ranger like, can you see that? You know, and from far away, you can't see. Like, it looks like it's part of the cliffside or the hillside, but it's really the Phantom Ship, which is its own rock formation. 
that sticks out of the water and it just blends right in which is like i thought was pretty cool like a um optical illusion kind of thing and they take you up to it and you, you cruise around it it's uh it's pretty nice yeah it's great to see again that perspective um right up next to phantom ship because you're right once you're on the rim, depending where you are, it kind of disappears in the background. So mm-hmm. we did that. We saw some waterfalls, if you remember. We saw the Pumice Castle, which was uh, basically a hoodoo, right? That's that's what it was? Yep. But it looked like – it was very strange because it looked man-made to me. It looked like someone built a big, big, big sandcastle. It's very strange looking. So that was great to see, again, from the lake. And we were done at 7 o'clock. So we rolled back into – the dock. Then we had to hike up. That's one thing you should know. After this full day, you think you're done, but again, you hike down. You've got to hike up Cleetwood, so you've got to put in 1.1 mile of switchbacks going on up. So that was a great, uh, not exactly a cool down hike, That's right. but a great way to get the uh, heart rate going uh, at the end of the day. Yes, sir. And that night, we this time showed up to the range program on time, and uh, I thought. For me, as an East Coast guy, I like this talk. If you remember, Dan, it was the 50th anniversary of the PCT. And so do you want to talk about what the uh, PCT is? The PCT is the Pacific Crest Trail, and it's a trail that runs from Mexico to Canada. And uh, apparently the attraction to it is great. There's so many people try to run it or run parts of it every year, and that's what the Ranger talk was about, was uh Kind of the do's and don'ts of the PCT, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty thorough. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I also thought that's something I can never do. One, getting the time, but um, that is a true commitment. Canada to Mexico, or I guess you go Mexico to Canada. It, it seems pretty intense. And so, of course, the PCT goes through Crater Lake, which is why we were getting a talk on it. And so we actually could see parts of the PCT but, man, that seems like an intense hike, and it takes a special person to be able to knock that out. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, even doing small chunks of it would be pretty cool, but I am I feel just like you. Man, that's just a crazy time and logistics commitment that I just can't do right now. But kudos to those people who, who can do it, you know? Yeah, it was pretty intense. I, I think that's pretty amazing. Because if it was me, I'd get caught in the snow somewhere, or, you know, <laughs> lose the trail. But... Yeah, I, I, that's the longest continuous trail in the world, I believe, if I could be mistaken. Yeah, that's what he said. I couldn't get over the uh, pictures of people who wore out their hiking boots and what out. they were yeah. wearing and how they you know, were waiting to just get to Crater Lake because there's a post office at Crater Lake, and they would try to time out their new boots, and it was just uh, amazing on how they would wear out these boots where they just looked like some pieces of fabric you know, basically taped together. Uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. So on to the next day. Again, got up at Masama Campground. We did an early morning hike, pre-breakfast hike, which I thought was really nice and really kid-friendly, the Annie Creek Trail. So, Dan, you want to talk a little about the Annie Creek Trail? Yeah, it's right at the end of the campground there. So basically we just walked from our campground over to the trail, and the campground's up on the high ridge, and this trail goes from there all the way down to this next creek draw area. and um, there's a bunch of stops. You can get the little guidebook and the, there's numbers on the posts and you can read about every place you go. So it's like self-guided, I suppose. And travel's like super well graded. I mean, like you said, kid friendly for sure. And, uh, man, that was a nice way to start today. Just cruising down that little trail and 
like a warm up, right, Brian? Oh, it literally and figuratively because uh, when we started, you know, I had my hat on because uh, it got to freezing at night camping. It's about 70s during the day, which we failed to mention. We nailed the weather. Mid-70s during the day, about 35, 36 at night. So when we started that hike, it was chilly. I had on my uh, I had on my hoodie and I had on a hat. And by the time we were done, you know, the sun had been up for a little bit and it started to warm up. I started tying some of that stuff around my waist. It was a very nice hike to start the day, especially at that time of day, kind of magic hour with uh, early morning light. A few people were on the trail, but not many people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a great start to the day of what became our big hiking day. So, uh, matter of fact, I remember this, Dan. At the end of this day, uh, and we'll go over, obviously, what we did, but uh, thinking back to Annie Creek, I thought it was the day before, not all in this day, because we, we knocked out a lot of trails. So, actually, let's talk about the next trail. This was one of your highlights. So, we did the seven-mile Crater Peak Trail. Do you want to talk about that a bit? the trails are pretty accessible from the main rim road and so we just ran up the street from the campground basically there's a nice parking area oh i can't remember the name of falls right across the street right there but there's some nice waterfalls where you park the rig and just we cruised out to the trailhead and what was the name of falls again brian i I replaced it the die falls right we parked at the parking lot for that and the trail leads off right there where brian got a good picture of me locking the keys in the truck that was pretty cool you got him out. I am, I got him out, but you know, you got to have a little laugh before you take a nice hike. That's usually how it is. <laughs> Mentally warm up, right? <laughs> right. But um, yeah, it was, you know, for the amount of people that were in the park that weekend, which surprised the both of us because it was the end of the season, right? But like, as we nobody out here, you know, it'll probably snow next week or something. But man, that place was packed. And everywhere we went, there were tourists, which, you know, it was awesome. I mean, uh, everyone should enjoy that place. But, when we got out there on that trail, we had it to ourselves. The whole couple hours we were on it, we had it to ourselves. There was nobody else out there, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, for how easily accessible the trail is, there was nobody. So, yeah, which I'll never complain about. You know, it's a recurring theme of our podcast and our trips is uh, it is not hard to get away from crowds. You know, you pick, you know, maybe not the most obvious trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then quickly, very quickly, you can be in a very, very busy place. And then suddenly you are by yourself. And again, I, I want to stress, this wasn't some crazy backcountry hike in a distant, obscure corner of the park. Um, you know, there was a, a pretty busy falls there. It was a busy day. We, we had a packed parking lot. But um, within a few minutes, we were just away from everybody and did not see another person on the hike to Crater Peak. So um, that was great. So again, Crater Peak, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what we hiked up and then what we saw and, and how that all went? Again, I think they rated that trail difficult, but it really wasn't too tough. There's a nice long flat spot in the middle, basically. You're on this ridge back and you're just cruising through the it's old growth timber there, actually. So about 400-year-old forest, which has never been logged which I found was pretty cool. And you're just cruising on this nice trail for a while, nice wide trail. It was interesting, if you remember, Brian, the uh, markers way high in the trees. Oh, yeah. Like 20 feet up these trees for, I believe it was for the snowmobilers or um, the snowshoers in the wintertime. They get so much snow that they have to mark these trails uh, with these little placard dealies way high up in the trees, which (laughs) I thought pretty incredible. So. They had to mark it when there was snow there. Otherwise, you'd have to climb the tree to do it. But 
I, sorry, that's a little tangent there. But anyway, the trail is pretty smooth to get to the edge of the, again, it's a volcanic cone, cinder cone. Then it's pretty rugged up there. You go straight up for, oh, I say at least a half hour. Yeah. And then, bam, you're on top. And there's a nice rim trail that goes all the way around the exterior of the cone. And, man, the views are just incredible. You can see so far. You can see California. You can see Mount Shasta. You can see the big valley right there. Oh, the name escapes me right now. But, unfortunately, we were socked in with uh, wildfire smoke. Otherwise, we would have had a better view of everything. But it's been a pretty tough summer out here for wildfires. So, you, hopefully, they got right. them all it was put a, out. Uh, was an amazing view notwithstanding the wildfire, smog, smoke, um, we were actually able to turn around and see our lodge, or actually the lodge, which was a tiny, tiny speck. So uh, that gave you some perspective of where we were and just, again, the violence of the region with all those um, volcanic peaks and craters. And you're right, we saw all the way to Mount Shasta. So it was a pretty amazing hike. And again, by ourselves, it was a great way to get away from, you know, we had been with people um, on the boat the day before, a big campground, a busy campground. Quickly, we got away from everybody. So that was uh, pretty amazing and, and uh, a highlight for, I know, for you, but also for me. Yes, I agree. So we, uh, we came back down out of that. We checked out Vidai Falls. It was getting late in the day. And then if you remember... Speaking of a fandom ship, we uh, took a quick hike at Sun Notch, which was by hike, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a quick half a mile loop to see the view of phantom ship above phantom ship. And uh, I don't know if you remember, we got there again, perfect weather, not a cloud in the sky, magic hour, five in the afternoon. And so the light was just perfect uh, to see phantom ship. Yeah, and there's a couple good vantage points where you look right down on it and it seems so small and so far away. But, you know, the day before we were on a boat circling we actually saw the boat down there on the tour yeah and just a spec at the phantom ship which is pretty like oh look we were there yesterday at this time you know which is you couldn't kind of plan things like that but um i think at that time of day the the smoke had cleared off the lake so we got really lucky it was when we did our boat tour it was super clear out then the next day the smoke the wildfire smoke kind of blew in and kind of sat in the bowl there of the of the lake and then at the end of the day it finally blew out so it was it could be hit or miss for people i guess the weather wise out there we were very lucky I, well hit or miss i was expecting again like our olympic trip i was expecting to get drenched with rain and totally accepting of it it is the pacific northwest i didn't i never broke out my rain gear i mean just perfect weather during the day and as we were told you know the smoke from the wildfires had been much worse throughout the summer and actually depressed visitation. So I wonder, Dan, now that I think about it, I wonder if folks knew it was going to be a um, a good weather, no smoke weekend, and that's why everyone had piled in who otherwise would have come over the summer. But regardless, we finished Sun Notch, and then it was our backcountry experience. So we went to our backcountry camps. I was Lightning Springs, but do you want to talk a little bit about what the backcountry ranger, how he how he kind of suggested this campsite rather than some of the other other hikes we were uh, thinking about? The ranger guy was really cool, kind of just uh, bounced ideas off us of what we were looking for, and we wanted something that was centrally located so we could jump off and go on another hike. And he suggested uh, Lightning Springs Campground, which was what three quarters of a mile off the main road, off the parking lot, yeah, and a very easy grade down down to it which was pretty easy for anyone to do and uh it was pretty nice it was nice if we thought if you remember we were going to be the only ones we were the only ones with a permit 
But uh, when we got there, two of the three campsites were taken. And if you remember, we thought they were PCT through hikers. So we, we forgave them. We didn't think they were park visitors. We thought they were PCT through hikers. So we snagged the third one. But I thought our campsite was the best because we were away from everything. Lightning Springs is a spring. So we had to uh, pump the water, filter the water, uh, drinking water from there. Do you want to talk about the stars that night? Our campground was inside the trees right next to the creek which also made a nice cooler for our beers, by the way. True. <laughs> At the edge of the timber, it was just, it's a field basically of volcanic ash from 7,700 years ago when the mountain exploded. It covered everything with the ash. So basically, it's like a prairie of ash. So there's no trees. So we watched the sunset. We were looking west, obviously, and we went out there. And, you know, the, once it got dark, man, the sky just exploded with stars. The Milky Way was right above us. I mean... You want to talk zero light pollution, this is it. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So uh, that was our evening, you know, backcountry. Again, we were away from people, so that was a very nice spot. We came back up the next morning, broke camp, hiked out. Then, uh, if you remember, we went to Watchman's Tower, which our time was under construction, but it's another lookout, but it's a bit of a hike up again, about a three-quarter of a mile or so hike up for a lookout, so just another perspective of the uh, lake. And then uh, we went back to the lodge, we were staying at the lodge that night, so we, we checked in. I had some work to do, unfortunately. But then we did a very pleasant hike, again, very, very kid-friendly. We did the ranger-led hike at the, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, the Plaquenie Trail. Do you want to talk a little bit about, uh, Dan, that hike? Yeah, the, the name of the ranger uh, escapes me right now. but Ranger Madeline. There you go, Ranger Madeline. She's been at the... Madeline, excuse me. She's been at the park for many years, and she's very entertaining. She had a lot to talk about. I actually I've never been on a guided trail tour before, so basically this was a you could hike it in a half hour I believe and it took us an hour and a half because she'd stop and she'd talk about we talked about the trees and the foliage and animals and the quarry that was there on the trail from years ago and it was really nice and she I actually learned a lot about the forest and what went on there. I'm more used to the woods up here in Washington where we have these giant trees and it really put it in perspective for me how slow these trees grow because of the conditions of the soil, which, you know, was covered with the ash like I was just talking about before. And I mean, these trees aren't really that big, but they're, you know, it's a 400 year old forest, never been logged. So I found that very interesting. And she went over all the species of the trees and how they live and how they coexist. Yeah. I think that was the main topic of her of her talks were the was the coexisting in the woods, if I'm correct. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to give it short shrift by saying it's just good for kids. It would be good for kids, but uh, you're right. I learned a lot too. I think we were all adults on that ranger led hike, and a great way for us, I thought, a great way to kind of close out our hiking is to do a nice relaxing, mellow, ranger-led hike. Again, we did not break a sweat on this hike. It, it, you're right. It, it was a two-mile round-trip hike that we took two hours to do. And it was, uh, it was great and a very lovely way to kind of end our hiking. So, yeah, Ranger Madeline was a, was a treasure. Mm-hmm. This was kind of the end of the trip here. So we came back, and we, we, like we did last year at Olympic, we wanted to close out at the lodge. So we, uh, we had a night at the lodge before we review the lodge, first tell me how good that shower was after being out for a few nights with, uh, other than <laughs> jumping in the lake, no showering. Oh man, yeah, that's you feel like a million bucks after a hot shower after four days. <laughs> that's for sure. You don't realize how dirty you are. I'm like, oh man, yeah, 
you know, <laughs> spend an extra 20 minutes in there getting clean. Yeah, it was terrible. And it was a good beer shower, too. So I think it was also go. a nice shower to have a nice ice-cold refreshment I know. while you're taking a shower, which uh, is how kings live. So I, I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> what were your impressions of the lodge? I thought the lodge was really nice. Really, all that's in the lodge is the, the restaurant and the hotel part of it. And that's, you know, the big sitting area. And that's really all that's there. So they have all those other buildings up the way there that the gift shop and things. But the lodge was super nice and apparently it was restored not too long ago in the late 80s, I believe, because it was falling over and a bunch of people got together and wanted to save it because they wanted to just tear it down and start fresh. But people yeah. got together and said, no, no, you guys need to do this the right way. And Which I couldn't even tell it was restored or remodeled until I looked at the information on the place. So I thought that was pretty cool. They kept the old school charm of it. Yeah, it, I liked it too. The dining room wasn't big as some other lodges I've been into, but obviously big enough for us. And we, we got a table, no problem for breakfast and dinner. The great room or the lobby, whatever you want to call it, again, the classic huge stone fireplace, big plush wing chairs. And uh, that was nice. But I thought my highlight was the... I don't know what you want to call it, the porch, the veranda that overlooked Crater Lake. That's where actually I had some work to do. So the world's best office, I was posted up in a chair overlooking Crater Lake, knocking out some work. And uh, it had waiter service as well. You can get a, you can get a drink while you're hanging out there. So that was, a, that was a highlight of the lodge for me was that porch. Yeah, it's like the only place you get phone service. <laughs> Pretty much in the whole park. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, ideally, I I would have thrown my phone into the lake and not used it for the week but uh the real world had intervened so i had to i had to check in that's right but uh so the lodge was really nice and you know we were there in midweek so we had midweek rates it wasn't cheap but uh man it's always worth it to end the trip on a nice plush bed and and a nice big uh, lodge meal in your gut that was it man so the next morning we were up and then uh we were out and back to the airport yep. as a pacific northwesterner any other impressions of crater lake any anything that struck you well, remember, uh, the, the Northwest is really big, Brian. You thought the lake was like an hour or two from the airport. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that until I landed. Uh, that wasn't the case. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to sit in my noisy truck for quite a while. So It was fine. But, it was fine. You know, but it's uh, definitely a big place. Well, you brought up a good point because we had talked about this, that um, you know we drove from PDX down to Crater Lake, and it took us, what did it take us with stops in five, six hours, maybe more? Six hours or so, yeah. Six hours, yeah. That uh, if, if you wanted to break that up, if you were coming from Portland, which is the closest major airport, there's the national forests that kind of ring Crater Lake National Park that have camping. So theoretically, if you wanted to just drive a few hours and then pitch a tent in one of the national forests, which looked, um, they looked really cool themselves, you could do that and then make it to Crater Lake. Or if you didn't want to spend a lot of time at Crater Lake, you want to spend a couple nights, three days. Some of those national forests that were around Crater Lake National Park could be a good spot. So anything else, Dan? Or uh, I think this is—I think we can call this a trip. Yeah, I think so. It was kind of a whirlwind as usual, but uh, yeah, it was four days. It was, it was amazing. I love Crater Lake. I want to go back. Yeah, me too. Four days, we knocked out a lot. And we were talking about this towards the end of what are we going to do next. So uh, stay tuned for our next trip. But once again, my brother Dan, Crater Lake National Park, it was a, uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for taking time out, man. I appreciate Let's it. Let's do it again. Thank you for listening to Everybody's National Parks. 
you may find links to resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes on our website, everybodysnationalparks.com. While there, consider clicking on support the show. You may find the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like the show, write a review, give us a five-star rating, and please tell your friends. You may also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or send us your comments at everybodysnationalparks.com forward slash contact. We'd love to hear from you from the parks you are visiting, so please tag us at hashtag everybody's national parks. Most of all, enjoy exploring the national parks with your family. Bye for now.